Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This month, speaking about on our series of Grow and Build about relationships, we talked about the fact that we are wired for them and the fact that uh, how to handle offences in our life. Uh, we know that there is a devil and there are imperfect people. Those two things provide a recipe for conflict. They provide a recipe for offence. God isn't sending it, but our fallen humanity combined with a devil who tempts and whose strategy is to divide will produce conflict. Don't blame God for the pain that comes to your life and relationship. Uh, Let's look and say the enemy has been at work in our life, but God has answers for us in how to see that done right. Don't forget that the previous messages stay up on our YouTube channel, Metro Church WA. They're also available as a podcast of audio only on our website. Thank you, Kurt, for doing that. But today I want to speak to you on forgiveness, doing it right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, you will have heard most likely some or all of this passage and you've heard it as being just one of the beautiful words of Jesus. It's one of those kind of like, oh, wow, oh, isn't that lovely? Let's listen to it. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Everyone's heard the next verse. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Every single one of these verses are about our character, about purity of heart, about our inner life, apart from one verse. There's one verse that stands out above all the others because it's not like the others. And that's verse 9. Let me read it to you again. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Everyone say peacemakers. It doesn't say blessed are the peace finders. Lots of people are saying, I want to find peace. I'm hoping to find inner peace. I'm going there. I'm changing jobs. I'm leaving that relationship. I'm going there. I, I need peace in my life. I'm hoping to find peace. But Jesus never said, blessed are the peace finders. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. And I've discovered and observed that there are far more of the latter who are looking for peace then there are those that are committed to making peace. This one is different to all the others as well because all of the others are about me. All the others are about my inner life. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the pure in heart. They're all about me and about my life. But this one out of all of them is about other people. Blessed are the peacemakers. You don't make peace unless there's somebody you've got got to make peace with. 
And so today, I trust you'll allow me to teach you and uh, encourage you and to help you no matter how long you've been following the Lord. I want to help you because this much I've worked out that every single one of us on planet Earth will find somewhere along the way conflicts and differences and sometimes things that we struggle to reconcile. And God says, this here is about what my relationships look like, not the relationships of strangers. Once upon a time, I would have said sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Hurt me. And then along comes social media. Along comes internet trolls. Along comes people that have a comment and an opinion about everything in your life and they don't even know who you are. And uh, in the midst of all of that, we're not speaking about that. We're talking about people that are close to us. We're talking about the people in our homes. We're talking about the people in our workplaces. We're talking about the people, God forbid, in our churches. Amen. So uh, settle back. Some of you are already looking a little bit like, oh no, what's coming up? Settle back and relax. It's not all bad. But God puts peacemaking in my relationships. Listen to it. Right up there with spiritual hunger, right up there with purity of heart and right up there with humility. Think about that a minute. God puts how you do relationships up there with how much you desire Him in your life. That's pretty remarkable. Luke 17 verse 1 is a very positive and encouraging verse. Luke 17 verse 1 says this, Then He said to the disciples, It is impossible, but that no offences should come. Isn't that encouraging? I'm not going to get you and turn that and say that to someone beside you. Let me just let you know that Jesus said that offences are going to come to your life and mine. Somewhere, somewhere along the way, somebody's going to have something to say or they're going to do something. Now, can I say right at the beginning, and I want to make this clear, because I do not have a one-size-fits-all answer for every situation in life. Everything I say is predicated on the fact that we need to have godly wisdom. And many times that means getting godly counsel. Oftentimes the things somebody will say, well, I just felt right about it. Well, you can feel right about a whole lot of things and be completely wrong. Amen. Uh, You just got to watch your newspaper and see how many people said, but I thought I was right. And it turned out they weren't right at all. Jesus said offences are going to come. And I want to say clearly right at the beginning that sometimes offences, there are some that cannot be resolved. Sometimes the other person doesn't want to resolve it. Sometimes they may resist any contact. I know people that have tried to to contact the other person to resolve it. They're not even interested. They want nothing to do with it. Sadly, I've seen that in families. Perhaps the damage has been so great that sometimes further interaction might be unwise. So they are the exceptions, but I know they exist. But I'm not speaking about those today. I'm talking about the daily ones or the weekly ones or the ones that come up from time to time in our life. They're not the most. Most of the ones are ones that can be resolved. And so 
before it ever gets to the stage of uh, that's a, a lost cause. I meet far more people that have never gone on the journey to reconcile a difference because in their mind, the price to pay is too high. They're frightened of speaking to somebody. They're worried they might be misunderstood. They feel that the pain of the hurt or the disappointment is so deep that I could not go with a good spirit. And so I understand that some of these things, and I've met people where the person that they wish they could reconcile with has long died. What do you do? Wait till the end. Stay with me all the way through. Listen to this message. It will be up there on our YouTube channel. The podcast will be available. Some of you may need to hear this again and again until the hardness or whatever that is, has grown in your life maybe starts to break down and you can find true freedom. I think one of the wisest things I ever heard someone say was this, that unforgiveness is the poison that you drink hoping someone else will die. Unforgiveness is the poison you drink. I've heard people say, well, you know, I'll never forgive them. But can I say that that other person goes on, uh, sometimes even oblivious. Have you ever had someone come and say, I forgive you? And you were not even aware that you'd offended them. You were just going blithely on. You weren't even aware that anything had happened. And yet they were being tormented by this unresolved issue in their life. Make no mistake about it. If I retain unforgiveness in my heart, I'm the one who gets hurt. I'm the one who receives the greatest pain. And you might say to me, Jeff, that's easy for you. But no, you don't know what goes on in someone's life. I've got friends of mine that have told me the most horrific stories. As a pastor, I've heard people talk about unbelievable pain and abuse that's occurred in their life. Now, this is not a counselling session. You can go to a counsellor. Pastor Bruce is on staff for that very reason, amongst other things. And I know he does a lot of helping people in those areas. But I'm not going to go into that area. So now that I've covered all that, let me talk about how you and I can resolve the issues that aren't those things, which I think is the majority of stuff. When I get offended at somebody because they said something and uh, I, I just keep hold of that and it becomes a, a little step back, a little step away. It becomes a little bit of mistrust, a little bit of suspicion. Now a bit being wary of that person. They're the things I want to talk about today in your life and mine. Is that all right? Yeah, that's all right. It's good. Here, let me give you these five things. They all start with the letter P because I've been speaking to Pastor Danny Guglielmerji and uh, all points start with the uh, letter P if you're him. And if you don't know who he is, then that joke will mean nothing to you. Here we go. Number one, if you want to resolve a conflict, number one's go privately. Go privately to somebody. Matthew 5, go to your brother. If you've got something against him, Matthew 18, if your brother's got something against you, you go. But it says you go privately. Many people don't go privately. They begin to share publicly and wonder why the conflict becomes unresolvable. Because they've told this one and this one. You know the way it goes? You know, there's telephone, telegram and telechristian. 
Everybody under 25 is going, what's a telegram? So, joke doesn't kind of work. doesn't kind of ring the same when I go, there's telephone, email and telegram. But anyway, uh, think about it a minute. When I begin to share my offence, and how many people know misery might love company and offence loves allies? I got to tell somebody else. And can I say to you, when I go to others before I go to you, I make it harder to fix it. Because even if you agree and and I, even if you and I agree to to forgive and to let it go, those other people are going to remind at some point or other, those other people are going to bring it back up. They're going to wonder why you are now buddy-buddy with this person that you said that about. Huh? So this is an important point. Go privately. Keep it to yourself unless you're getting counsel. Counsel is not your hairdresser. <laughs> counsel is not advice from the, from the interweb. Counsel is not you telling your, you know, your workmate how much you hate the boss. That's not counsel. That's gossip. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is such good preaching. Pastor, we love you. Amen. Go privately. Don't make resolution difficult by telling other people how much that person hurt you. Here's number two. Are you with me? Number two is go personally. Go personally. Don't take a crowd. Don't wait until they're in front of you. And by the way, you know, go personally. Go personally. As a church, we follow these principles, by the way. We don't address things uh, in someone's life in front of everybody, but we go privately. We go personally. If there's an issue that needs to be resolved, go personally. And can I say this in the email age? This is what I tell our staff. If the conversation carries any emotional weight to it, don't go via email, text or a phone call unless it's the only way to do it. If the person's a long way away and you can't go personally, then by all means, phone them up. But you know and I know that there's a whole lot. You can send an email and you just miss the tone. Huh? You just don't get it. So going personally to somebody. And I know that takes more courage. Firing off a text is a lot easier than sitting down with somebody and saying, hello, by the way, and looking at them eye to eye. Is that right? Now you all know all this and I know that I'm, I know I'm not preaching this for you because you've already got all this down. I know I'm preaching this for the people that are out there somewhere or other. They're going to catch it on YouTube later this week. Here's number three. Go positively. What do I mean by that? Well, two things I mean by that. One, go with a positive expectation. If you go like, oh God, I know they hate me. Oh, they've always hated me. Oh yeah, they've hated me ever since they ever met me and I've hated them back. Yes, yes. And if you go with that kind of a spirit, then don't be surprised if you don't reap what you're sowing. Some people sow good words, but they are sowing a bad spirit, a negative spirit. Sow a positive one. So I mean, go with the right expectation but also go positively with this thought in mind. The goal is not being right, it's doing right. Huh? If you go into any 
uh, mediation of any kind, let's call it that, anything where you want to resolve a conflict and your goal is to prove that you were right all along, here's what you should do to your resolution. Ready? Watch this. Here we go. On the podcast, I'll explain one of the things. Ready? Do this. Kiss it goodbye. Because if that's the, the attitude you bring, I'm there to prove I was right, then I'm very sure that there won't be any resolution of any conflict in your life. Go positively. Number four, are you still with me? Number four, go promptly. Go promptly. Ephesians 4.26 gives you a, a, a kind of a time frame. It says, be angry and don't sin. Don't let the, the sun go down on your wrath or your anger, nor give place to the devil. Now think about this a minute. That verse is saying, the longer I let it go, the more likely I've given the devil a place to camp. Huh? The longer you let it go. Now, my only condition on that is this. If you go in the heat of your emotion, some of you are just placid all the time. I don't know who you are, but I've found for me, sometimes I just need to wait at least 24 hours. Just let the emotion go to it, calm down. But the principle is there, go promptly. Don't let it drag on for months and months. Sometimes I've rung people up. I, I rang someone up only gee, probably a month or so ago. And I said, look, I said that and I never meant that. It came out like that. And they go, you don't need to worry about that. And I go, yeah, but I'm not saying it for your sake alone. I'm saying it because I want to make sure I've got a clean sheet here. I'm making sure that there isn't something there uh, in our life. Go promptly. Amen. Here's number five. Go with a plan. What do you mean by go with a plan, Jeff? Well, I find most people go to resolve conflicts and they're like this. Well, here I am. And we all look at each other a minute. We talk about the weather. We talk about the eagles. I mean, the dockers. Let's just pause for a moment and pray for all the eagle supporters that are in a great place of despair and grief. Because if you're a Queenslander, let's pray for Pastor Ray. But you know what? Come on. Hello, I think I'm talking to real people. Haven't you ever been in a place where you sat there and you go like, you know, the elephants are right in the middle of the table, but we're all sitting there going, who's going to go first? We're like a wild west shootout, you know? First guy to blink. And if it's Clint Eastwood, he always, first of all, narrows his eyes. Go with a plan. Go with not a conversation worked out in your mind, but here, let me give you some steps for a plan that I think work. Firstly, offer, be ready to offer an apology if it's warranted. Did you take offence? Did you retaliate? Don't go, yeah, but they started it. Remember what we said, we're going positively. We're going there to win a friend. We're not going there to win an argument. So go ready to offer an apology. Now, for all the Aussie men here, who go, I'm not blowing the same, sorry, anyway. 
just wander back. Listen to this verse. This verse, I remember learning this as a young Christian. This verse, and it profoundly impacted me and has helped me over many, many years. Proverbs 13 verse 10 says this, only by pride comes contention. The only way a conflict can continue unresolved is if one or both parties allows pride to get in. And what is pride? Pride is always a focus on me. It's not my fault. They started it. They should have to. Only by pride comes contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. In other words, if you're going to go, why do I say offer an apology if it's warranted? Because that takes pride out. I come to this person and say, look, you know, somehow or other we got off on the wrong foot here. Somehow or other you've been, I've, I've said this to people who have been my friends for decades. You know, I said to someone not that long ago who said, you know, I'm, I apologise this period of time has been difficult. And I said, we've had many, many more years of great friendship and partnership. Do you think I'm going to allow one tough year to wipe out all the others? What does that do? It takes pride out of the equation. Amen. You go with a, a plan. I'm going to offer an apology if it's worried. I'm not apologising for breathing. I'm not saying it was all my fault. I'm just going with a plan. Secondly, aim to reconcile. Stick to the topic. Because you know the way this works. Hello, are there any husbands or wives in the building? Amen. I always love when someone laughs out loud when I get to something like that. It's kind of like you give yourself up right there. But you know what it's like? You start off having a conversation about something you said or did. And before long, you've gone back to the wedding day and the fact, and the fact that you said their name wrong. You know, or that they'd invited the ex-boyfriend or girlfriend to it. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, instead of this thing being about this issue, we've made it about 15 issues back. And what does that tell you? That tells you that person's been storing that ammunition away in a room ready for us for today. Aim to reconcile. We're not putting conditions on this. I've had friends of mine that have had big disagreements and said, well, you know, I'll, I'll forgive when they repent. And I've said to them, what's that? What does that even look like? They have to come and kneel down in front of you and weep? Is that what that looks like? You're putting a condition on resolving this that you don't have the right to put. Here's the third thing if you're going to have a plan. Offer forgiveness. Now, you don't have to say, and by the way, because this can seem so pious and magnanimous, I just want you to know I forgive you because I'm righteous. You're not, but I am. Mm. Well, when I was a youth pastor many, many years ago, someone must have preached on a subject like this. And I remember one young girl walked past another young girl and she, out of conviction, I think, but she turned to the other one and she said, I want you to know that I forgive you but only in the Lord. <laughs> Which kind of made you think, well, is there another way? Is that? <laughs> Offer forgiveness. This is what I'd suggest. Here's some good words for it. You know what? I love you. You and I have been friends. 
can we somehow or other go past this? I'm sorry if I brought pain. I'm sorry for a misunderstanding. And this is what I want. I want us to move on. That's offering forgiveness. Here's the fourth thing I'd say in a plan is be ready to leave it behind. Amen. Somebody once said that God casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. That's a scripture. And they said, though, that he erects over it a sign saying no fishing. Don't go dredging it up again. We're not saving it for the next time. Listen, listen to what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Again, a powerful, powerful verse. Because if I don't leave it behind, this is what happens. Looking carefully, lest any one of us fall short of the grace of God. Oh, I'd love to take time to unpack that. Because see, we're all recipients of grace. You remember the parable of the unforgiving servant? One who gets forgiven a, a huge amount of money, goes out and finds someone else who owes him a far, far smaller amount and he won't forgive them. He falls short of grace. And so the result of that in his life is that he gets put into prison and he is made to pay everything he owes. In other words, he loses the grace that he had. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. I want God to forgive me. Therefore, I will forgive others. Amen. I may not always feel like it. I may not find it easy, but I will always choose to forgive. Why? Because it goes on and says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. You know, this time of the year in my garden, there is the, what do you call it? The oxalis, the clover. It's covered my garden. And I've discovered if you don't pull the roots out, that little sucker, you pull the leaves off and you think you've got it all. And then you come back like I did this week and the entire garden is covered yet again in this same weed. Why? Because I never got rid of the root. Beware lest there be a root of bitterness springing up that causes trouble. Now watch this. Remember I said before, misery loves company and unforgiveness loves allies. And by this, many become defiled. If you don't forgive, I guarantee other people are going to get your overflow. Amen. Now, Will, if you follow those five steps and then you do the four things in the plan, offer an apology if it's warranted, aim to reconcile, offer forgiveness, leave it behind. Does that mean that every time you and I do that, every person's going to go, you know what? I do love you. And there'll be forgiveness and there'll be tears and there'll be embracing and there'll be prayers. And then you'll go home and there'll be a gift basket waiting for you. Well, maybe that'd be nice if that's the way it works. But maybe not. So let me finish by saying this one thing. And it's so important that I wrote it out and it's coming up on the screen for you. Always remember that reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness only takes one. See, you may not want to reconcile with me. You may say, you know what, I, I don't want to, but I can forgive you even if you will not reconcile. I can choose to let you go. I'll never forget a young man. I'll, I'll finish with this story. Team, please come. A young man who came to see me, 
He was a very gifted musician. He was uh, quite well known for his age. And, but he was tormented with oh, all kinds of mental health issues, we'd call them today. And I prayed with him and I prayed for him. I prayed everything into him, out of him that I could think of. And I was getting nowhere at all and nothing seemed to get any better at all until one day I had a stroke of insight from the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, is there anybody that you hold a grudge against? Well, you, man, I lit the fuse. This young man just erupted into a, 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 a conversation of anger about a girl who jilted him. I spoke to him and I said, you know, you've got to forgive. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, you get delivered up to tormentors. I said, that's where you are. I wasn't blaming him. I'm showing him the way out. He said, I hope she rots in hell. Never forgotten this conversation I had. I said, I understand your pain. But Jesus says, you can be, he says, I can't. I go, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's something I choose to do. And I know that he was badly and deeply wounded and hurt and was all, you know, th there was no way to make it good. There was no way to minimise it, not that I'd want to. But I led this guy in a prayer through, literally through gritted teeth. I said, pray with me. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to forgive me for holding bitterness in my heart. Now, Lord, I choose to forgive. And I said, now name that person. He sat there and to be honest, he stumbled for a while. He couldn't say it. I said, come on. It starts with a choice. He said, but I, I don't feel like I forgive him at all. I said, no, you mightn't for a while. But reconciliation takes two. Forgiveness only takes one. And so I led this young man to prayer where he said, I choose to forgive. That was the beginning of this young man walking out of a prison cell that he'd locked himself into. I don't know if he ever went to that person and ever spoke to them about it. I know this. I know that he found freedom in Christ. I know that he found freedom because he did what Jesus said. Jesus said, forgive. Heavenly Father, thank You for this morning. Lord, this is not just a message for the people in front of me, whether they need it or not. It's a message for all of us, myself included, for the days, Lord, when conflicts will arise and we won't know really how to go forward. But Father, I pray that You will, as You are growing us, we don't want to just grow in Bible knowledge. We don't want to just grow in our spiritual gifts. God, we want to grow in a, a character that can walk not only with God, but can walk with others. Father, I pray for people here who maybe have been so hurt, that forgiveness is difficult, then God, I pray that You'll begin to lead them in making a choice that will unlock the jail cell and let them go free. Father, we thank You for Your great forgiveness. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are ready and waiting to forgive. Thank You, Lord. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The Bible says everybody sinned. The Bible doesn't say that to condemn. That's a, a misconstruing of the Word of God. The Bible tells us that all have sinned so that when we hear that Jesus offers forgiveness, it'll make sense. You don't forgive what hasn't happened. 
you only forgive what has. The Bible says every one of us, every human being born, you've only got to read the newspaper, watch the news, get your news feed. You'll discover how painfully wrecked humanity is as we've walked away from God. We have sinned. We've told God we don't need Him in our life. We've told God we'd rather have something else to fill that space. And He says, I'm offering you forgiveness. Maybe this morning you're here, maybe your first time in church or maybe been here many times. You say to me, Jeff, today I need God's forgiveness in my life. Maybe for some of you it's the first time to say, Jesus, I'm lifting my hand and telling you, I'm sorry, I wanna walk with you. In a minute, I'll tell you whether you're online or in the building, how to make the step of making Jesus Lord of your life. But if you're in the building, I'd love to pray for you personally. I won't embarrass you. I wanna pray for you personally. If that's you and you say, Jeff, I need His forgiveness in my life. I wanna come to Christ. I want Jesus to come into my life. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now. And then you can put it back down after I've seen it. And I'll pray with you wherever you are, up in the balcony, of course, as well. No matter who you are, where you are, just slip it up right now. You don't need to be shy. I'm just gonna believe God with you that Jesus will touch your life and your heart. We thank Him for that in the mighty Name of Jesus. Thank you back there. Look this way, everybody. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, you can pray a prayer that goes like this, Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I need Your forgiveness. Come into my life and save me. If you've done that, why not send us your yes? People do it almost every single week. Last Sunday morning, before the service had ended, people were sending in a yes text. I don't know whether it came in on the phone number 0488-826392 or it came in on yes.metrochurch.org.au or whether it came in on the Metro Church online platform. I don't know how it came, but the important thing was that someone said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And when they did that, we then send them the next very day after that, we send them a Bible verse and a prayer fits on one screen of a smartphone. And they get that every day for 30 days and helps them to grow, helps them to walk with Jesus. It would be our joy to do that for you. Father, thank You for those people, whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever country they're in, whatever state they're in, whatever position of life or age they are. Thank You for their yesterday. We pray it won't be a moment, it'll be a life coming to You in Jesus' Name. Amen, 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 amen. Now, some of you here having heard this message today will say, I want someone to pray with me. Well, thank God online, Pastor Ray will be there online with people there. And you, you, you can be in the building and go online and do that. That's, not, that's okay to do that. Or you can go and see John and Trudy, two of our care pastors. They'll be back in the prayer space that's on the right-hand side as you leave the lower level of the auditorium. And they'd love to pray with you. Please don't be embarrassed about that. You know, to say I'm struggling, it's not a sin. I think it's more of a sin to struggle and never ever reach out for anybody's help. We'd love to help you, pray with you, bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the team of my time is well and truly already gone. I thought I was gonna finish earlier today, but that's your fault because you listened so well. <laughs>